Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. As we do on a Wednesday, our Ask Alex segment, our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. You might have a finance question. You might be thinking, what's a Christian response to this scenario? 1-800-316-316. Alex Cook, a special welcome back to 2020. Hey, Neil, great to be with you always, even if it's in lockdown. <laughs> Again. Yes, yes <laughs> Again. I know. You're, uh, you're in lockdown in a significant way. In fact, something like 40% of Australia's population's in lockdown. So there's probably more people so. listening to us today than ever. So uh, welcome Absolutely. along if you don't normally get to listen in. But uh, money questions. And uh, yes. while we're awaiting a listener or two to call through with a question, let's touch on some issues here. Uh, We often talk about having an eternal focus on all sorts of dimensions of our life, but is there an eternal focus that we can have around money? What are your thoughts here, Alex? Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, to me, this whole idea um, of having an eternal focus is simply that as believers, we need to be, if you like, um, preoccupied with things that are going to last forever rather than things that are temporal in nature. And I think the real challenge for us here in Australia is we're surrounded. I know it's a bit of a crisis time at the moment, but generally speaking, we're surrounded by lots of, um, you know, a very comfortable way of living. And so it's very easy to become preoccupied with the world uh, rather than with things of God. Um, You know, and Jesus in in Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So what Jesus is encouraging us to do is that our life should have a kingdom focus or an eternal focus, if you like. In fact, another passage I love is from Colossians uh, chapter 3, where where it says, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Um, so to me, that's a big challenge. Um, and it's a big challenge in our society where we're distracted by so many things. But but here's the, the end game. At the end of the day, we as uh, Christians either believe that, um, you know, that the eternal destiny of man is either in heaven or hell. And that's a very confronting reality. Um, and as a result of that, I believe that we should be directing our, our money and the resources that God's given us as good stewards towards doing everything we can uh, towards p- pointing people towards how they can obviously get to heaven. Um, and that we all know that's through the grace of God. So that is where we should be focusing our money, focusing our attention. Of course, not just money, as you say. There's lots of things. Our day-to-day lives should have that kingdom an eternal focus. So it's a challenge, but one worth um, us undertaking. I love when you make reference to the kingdom. This is just such a powerful concept, and you can think very deeply about this, how the Bible reflects on kingdom. You have to get that later, a later one, Alex. Uh, so when you've got a kingdom focus, you're actually straddling this difference between the eternal and the present-day earthly focus because... The kingdom is here as much as it is an eternal kingdom of the future. So when we have a kingdom focus, what our eternal perspective actually translates into the things that we're involved in day to day, doesn't it? 
Oh, absolutely. And I think that's right. I think one of the, the, and I've heard people preach on this idea, there's the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the salvation, of course, is how do we get saved, you know? And I think there's a almost a, a sort of passivity that can come from only hearing that side of the message. And that is you, you hear that Jesus died for you on the cross and you're forgiven by, you know, by God's grace, which is obviously <laughs> fundamentally important that everyone knows that and believes that. But the next step then is the gospel of the kingdom. And that's exactly as you say. And that is where you then take the, that salvation that you, you know you've, has been secured for you and you focus then on... Uh, bringing God's kingdom to this earth and, and trying to um, do, you know, using the Holy Spirit's power, because it's not we do it, we don't do it in our own strength, um, and, and we bring God's kingdom to earth. We try and transform the world to be like, um, you know, the way God intended for it. And in fact, that's what you're praying when you pray the Lord's Prayer. That's very much what you're actually, pray, you know, praying for. Um, of course, the question is, what does that look like? And I think that's where the, the challenge is for believers today is rather than just thinking about, yes, I'm saved. It's what do I now do with with what God's given me? And we've all got to steward our time, uh, our talents and our treasures uh, in order to advance God's kingdom and, and do that here on earth in the short time we have. I mean, this is the, the reality is we're here for such a short time. And if there's anything I could leave listeners it's just the urgency of the gospel when we look at what's going on around the world now and you can see there's a sort of a darkness that has come upon the earth and there's massive fear um, going on around the world what an opportunity for us to share the good news um, and get out there and and really share it with as many people as possible and of course from our ministry's perspective well that involves financial resources that involves encouraging people to use your money for these kingdom activities and, and of course that looks different for everyone and to me obviously some of that goes via through your local church some of it goes through supporting mission work some of it's through supporting benevolent ministries that are out there helping people um, and sharing the, the good news whilst helping people at the same time there's a myriad of ways to do it but i think the question is what has god put on your heart you know what is god asking you to support with the resources that he's blessed you with. And that, to me, is something you then got to respond to and be obedient when, when he calls you to that task. As you say, most of us will think of this kingdom focus in terms of our local church. That's where we give a donation, an offering. Sometimes people give a tithe. There's an interesting aspect here that is coming to mind as you're sharing these things because sometimes the critics of uh, the church that receives money assume that somehow or other the church is coercing people uh, to give that money. Uh, you raise a really important element here of this eternal perspective because it becomes an issue of the heart. It's between each individual and God and uh, whether people are giving, as you say, to uh, your local church or missions or uh, benevolence ministries. Uh, the heart issue here is between you and God. It's not about whoever... It might have a rod across your back. Nobody really has that rod across your back. The, the people of God tend to understand this in a generous sense, don't they? Absolutely. And, and look, you've hit the nail on the head in the sense that money is the ultimate heart issue. Uh, in fact, I think the, the reason why money, and this will may surprise some listeners, but the reason why money is the most talked about issue in the Bible with something like 2,350-odd verses uh, between the Old and New Testaments 
is very simply this fact that money is the ultimate heart issue. And in fact, um, some organisations have done some interesting surveys on this. Um, in fact, I mean, there's the famous quote, I think it was Martin Luther who famously said, you know, there are three conversions, the head, the heart and the wallet. And in that order, <laughs> and it's the, it's the last thing that gets converted. It, uh, and that's because money is such a hard issue. But what some of these organisations have shown is that if um, there's, I think it was Willow Creek in the US, they did this analysis of, of the different stages of Christian maturity from someone who's sort of just discovering Christ to someone who's becoming closer to Christ to someone um, all the way through to someone who's Christ-centered. And interestingly, they then looked at different things like um, sharing your faith and, and then sharing your money. And interestingly, of all the, the things, money was the very last thing that people responded to. It, it wasn't until someone became Christ-centered in their life that they started to give um, very generously. And that, therefore, I think is a challenge for us, um, that money is always going to be tugging on your heart. I mean, the devil wants to, um, uh, if you like, uh, limit your impact by making you think that money doesn't matter and by making you um, either focus your money on yourself rather than focusing your money on eternal things. Uh, and so that's the real challenge for us. Okay, just wanting to invite listeners to participate. If you have a question or a scenario, call now on 1-800-316-316, 1-800-316-316. I mean, uh, there might be an awful lot of uh, interest in money given that, uh, you know, with all these lockdowns, uh, the nation is spiralling more and more into debt. Uh, people who are without uh, jobs, without work, uh, businesses that are suffering right now must have all sorts of money scenarios and wondering where mm. is God in the middle of all that. At 1-800-316-316, you might have a scenario you want to run past Alex Cook today. But as we talk about money, uh, heavenly uh, perspectives here, uh, the issues of the heart... If you're in that place, Alex, where you are, uh, even as the Bible says, delighting yourself in the Lord, and he gives you the desires of your heart, uh, the desires, in other words, he's implanting his kingdom purpose in your heart, that directs us mm. in a certain way. But there's some very big distractions to all of that. I wonder if you've got any thoughts <laughs> here about the barriers about the distractions from having this eternal mindset? Yeah, well, look, as I say, I think in Western society, it's very, very individualistic. Um, and so we're, and we're surrounded by messages about what's important, you know, buying a house, having a career, all these things are bombarding us daily. And often in and of them, Themselves, they're not such a big deal you know having a career that's not a bad thing buying a house that's not a bad thing but what unfortunately what that does to us is we we don't hear much of what's truly important and that is that that, that eternal focus um, and i think also in our culture money has been become very much a source of people's identity and, and a mistaken one as a believer my value is in the fact that i'm a precious child of god not in what i have or the kind of job i have and unfortunately i think many of us suffer from a, an identity crisis where we're getting our value from you know the kind of car we drive the house we live in the schools our kids go to and that therefore is nullifying us because it's making us less effective and less fruitful 
Because when you are getting your identity from worldly things and temporal things, you're going to direct your money towards those things rather than things that last for, for forever, you know, such as supporting, you know, gospel work. Because often those things, gospel work particularly, they're not often immediately tangible in the way that buying a new car is. And that's where I think there's this tug of war going on in our lives. And so it's, the, it's a spiritual battle that Christians need to face. And therefore, it's why we've got to be so conscious of what we're doing with our money, so intentional about it, and so prayerful that God is working in our hearts to keep us being generous and keeping us focused on what's truly important because Satan is trying to lure us away constantly. Um, either you become prideful and arrogant with money or you just become, you know, you just spend it on yourself. So um, it, it's a real challenge and one which we need to uh, just be really conscious of yep. um, and prayerful of. Let's take a call. John is on the Gold Coast. Uh, question, John, welcome along. Hey, g'day, mate. Just wondering, house prices have gone up 30% in the last year. How did they go so crazy when nobody's got jobs? And and then how can everybody afford to buy these big expensive houses now? John, good thoughts. <laughs> uh, how did it's everything go question. crazy? And uh, yeah, yeah, how does anyone get into the housing market now? Look, it's a fabulous question. Obviously, this is a massive issue. And to be honest, it's the one that annoys me the most in the sense that it's causing massive inequality in our society. Um, But to answer the question as to what has caused it, um, the, the simple answer is that central bank policies, not just here in Australia, but around the world, um, have meant that interest rates have been brought down to such record low levels um, that people can borrow much larger sums than they previously could say 12, 18 months ago. And the inevitable outcome of that is, and I see this as someone who has a mortgage-broking business to what we do, is, is that people come to you, the first question they ask you is, how much will the bank lend me? And as a result, they then go and borrow the maximum that people will, uh, you know, the maximum the bank will lend them. So that's the big driver. What you've witnessed over the last 30 years in Australia is home loan rates have gone from 17 or 18 percent back in 1990 down to 2%. I just did a home loan the other day for a client at 1.84%. It's just ridiculous. Uh, That's the main driver. In terms of the employment side, um, Australia, because of all the stimulus packages and, you know, JobKeeper and JobSeeker, that has kept a lot of people in work. So our actual unemployment rate is surprisingly low. Um, I do wonder what it might be like in three or four months time when these lockdowns sort of subside, because I think these lockdowns are very unsustainable. And I do think Um, Also, a lot of this stimulus has created a fear of missing out. Um, And then I think there's a risk in six to 12 months time, it'll be the opposite. It'll be a fear of getting out for those who have paid way too much and then they find house prices start to slump. So we're really in uncharted territory though, as far as these interest rates are concerned. Um, And look, I think it could get even crazier. There is a chance, the central bank have said they won't do it, but there is every chance that they uh, turn interest rates negative. I think that'd be a very bad decision, but you can see uh, that that is the direction that they're heading. In fact, APRA came out last week saying, are the banks prepared for negative interest rates? Can they cope with it? So um, it, it is certainly on the cards and that could drive house prices even further if rates come off even 
you know, even lower than what they are now. Wow. Okay. John, thank you so much for your call. And it's just amazing how fast time flies in this segment. Let's come back to our eternal perspective here on money. And Alex, if we're just, uh, you know, talking through some issues, uh, and there's lots more to say, but uh, tying together some loose ends from some things we began to talk about today, finding a balance between uh, money for ourselves uh, and our families uh, versus money for the kingdom of God. Any uh, any uh, sort of practical tips here? Yeah, look, I mean, I just say to people, um, this is something where it comes out of your relationship with God. The closer you are to God, the more that your desire to serve him and to see his kingdom expanded. It also comes out of a love for people. As I say, if we truly believe that people's eternal, eternal destiny is based on their response to Jesus Christ, then we need to make sure that we do everything in our power um, to, for them to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And that means making a decision to be willing to sacrifice what, some of what God has given us in order to, um, to build his kingdom. And the and so it's an act of faith in the sense that people need to step out in faith and be willing to be more generous and allow for God to then take care of them and continue to provide for them. A lot of people have this fear that if they start stepping out of the boat and becoming more generous, then all of a sudden they're going to lose everything. That's not actually what happens. In fact, I just had an amazing call literally 10 minutes before jumping on the radio segment today with a guy who's a diesel mechanic whose business has doubled in revenue from a million to two million in the last 12 months. And he was going through a drought because farmers have been going through a massive drought in parts of uh, Australia. And um, so that you'd think it affect his business. But he said, God said to him, no, just keep tithing, just keep tithing. And his business has doubled in that same time, despite the drought going on. So the point to say here, and that's not to say that God's in the business of trying to make Christians rich or anything like that. I'm not trying to say any of that. It's merely to say that when we live faithfully and when we have that eternal focus and when we put God first with our money, he will take care of us and trusting in him that he's got our back and he's going to provide for us. Uh, And when we live like that, we'll see great things for God's kingdom and we'll see um, God provide and meet all of our needs. Well, exciting stuff you're delivering here, Alex Cook. And the idea that it's between us as individuals and God, as you say, ultimately there's an issue of the heart, Uh, whether you're on this sort of trajectory to being very wealthy or whether you're struggling to get off the ground uh, and getting things together financially. It's an issue of the heart here. Hmm. And uh, and that's a really important element, uh, the idea of uh, pursuing an eternal perspective. Uh, Alex, just great getting your insights as always. We have run out of time. Let me point listeners to wealthwithpurpose.com. There's uh, resources there, free ebooks, the My Toolkit, there's videos, there's podcast content. If you're looking to get a eternal perspective on money, you can also follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There's also an Ask Alex at WealthWithPurpose.com email as well. And uh, you'll find that there's a post on the Vision Facebook site today too, where you can post a question which we can address next time we are talking, this time next week. Uh, Alex Cook. Great talking. Thanks so much for joining us today on 2020. 